Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lisa H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is September the 20th, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are on page 155 in the chapter of Vision for You. We'll be reading and commenting on the first paragraph that begins his call to the clergyman and ends what it meant to be alcoholic, and we'll include the asterisk portion at the bottom of the page. Today's readers are for the 12 Steps, Joni C., the 12 Traditions, Maria H., readers of the text, Vanessa G., Reva P., our backup is Maura Z., our newcomer greeter is Anne-Marie M., and our second-hour host is Ramona A. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, September 19, 2023, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 20,655. That's 20655. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 20,656. That's 20656. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Joni C. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Joni C. in Minnesota, um, uh, an overeater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, 
praying only for knowledge of its will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Joni C. And I will now ask Maria H. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. Thank you. Maria H. here, recovered in Georgia. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you, Maria H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 155. We'll be reading and commenting on the first paragraph that begins his call to the clergyman and ends what it meant to be alcoholic, and we'll include the asterisk portion at the bottom of the page. And I'll now ask Vanessa G. to please begin reading. Hi, everyone. My name is Vanessa G. I'm recovered in New Mexico. This is page 155, first paragraph. His call to the clergyman led him presently to a certain resident of the town, who, though formally able and respected, was then nearing the nadir of alcoholic despair. 
It was the usual situation, home in jeopardy, wife ill, children distracted, bills in arrears, and standing damaged. He had a desperate desire to stop, but saw no way out, for he had earnestly tried many avenues of escape. Painfully aware of being somehow abnormal, the man did not fully realize what it meant to be alcoholic. And that's given the footnote, which says this refers to Bill's first visit with Dr. Bob. These men later became co-founders of AA. Bill's story opens the text of this book. Dr. Bob's heads the story section. You know, we've been listening to a very dramatic retelling of uh, Bill's um, torture and, you know, and with a fateful decision that gets him to Dr. Bob. And um, it's, it's very dramatic, and he takes us every step of the way. And then there's this small paragraph, very almost bland, talking about the birth of AA, the birth of this movement that has saved so many lives, millions of lives in, not, in so many programs, including our own. And um, I just, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that um, all of these things were put in place for him to be led to the man that would help him in a town far away from where he actually lived. And, um, and you know, in coming to vision, I think that um, there was a, a lot of what has happened for me with Overeaters Anonymous is that I was also like Dr. Bob, more so maybe than, doc, than Bill, um, searching for a spiritual answer because I had found it in another program. And um, really what I needed was the full picture. And, um, and to find that, um, when I look back over what happened to me, um, it's amazing what um, whatever, everything, every little piece that was put in place. You know, it started with a phone call from Washington, D.C. to me in New Mexico. I ended up talking to, I ended up on the line on vision and ended up talking to a woman from Texas and another woman from Arizona and reading the big book with a woman from Arizona and ending up with a sponsor from Tennessee. Um, it was all necessary um, to help me fully understand um, what it, and realize what it meant to be a compulsive overeater. After decades of searching for all those answers, um, it just took the many voices on this line, the many voices across the country. I needed to enlarge my community to really know what it really was like to be a compulsive overeater and to listen to you guys every morning on the line for every nugget of information that you guys impart to me. Um, I took the um, opportunity to reread Dr. Bob's Nightmare, the first story in the big book, and I'm just going to read you um, a little bit of what he says here about um, imparting the message. There's the question which might naturally come into your mind would be, what did this man do or say that was different from others had done or said? It must be remembered that I had read a great deal and talked to everyone who knew or thought they knew anything about the subject of alcoholism. But this was a man who had experienced many years of frightful drinking 
We lost you, Vanessa. That was time. I'm sorry. I don't know how we lost you. Um, thank you, Vanessa G. Um, so although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. And we're commenting on the first paragraph on page 155, beginning his call to the clergyman and ending what it meant to be alcoholic. Um, and who would like to comment on what was read this morning? Reva P. Thank you, Reva. Shanna C. Shanna. Lori W. Lori W. Fran. I think I heard Fran. Yes. Lulu. Lulu L. Lulu L. Dana P. Who was that P? Dana P. Dana. Thank you, Dana. Jessica. Anybody? Oh, Jessica. Gotcha. Okay, here's what I have. Um, you may have to give me the first initial of your last name. Reva P, Shanna C, Laurie W, Fran, Lou L, Dana P, and Jessica. So Reva P, you're up, followed by Shanna C. Good morning. This is Reva P, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. And this is such a remember when. This is such a reminder for me of the progressive nature of the disease because he was formally able and respected and how everything slowly starts unraveling and the spiral, the circles of the spiral get smaller and smaller and my life becomes smaller and smaller until it's just me and the food. Um, Yeah, finances, profession, family, everything, everything just gets um, destroyed um, and it gets worse, never better. Um, and I also related to this desperate desire um, to stop, but not seeing any way out. And the biggest thing that strikes me is what it, he did not fully realize what it meant. I didn't know. I needed to be educated. Um, I needed to learn. When I first read about the allergy of the body, it so resonated with me because it made sense. Once I ingested certain things, I just could not stop. Um, I just couldn't stop. Um, but you know what? More so, I needed to be educated on not just the, uh, the physical allergy, but the ism, the stuff that goes on in my head, the crazy thinking that precedes the first drink, even when the food is down. So yes, that twofold nature, um, but after all these years, I am very aware of the ism and how, you know, this self-centeredness um, and all the resentments and fears um, will lead me to pick up the substance that I'm allergic to that will eventually spiral my life back into, um, into like, if it's not spiritual death, or physical harm, you know, it just takes everything down. So thank you, God, you know, today more than ever, I need to be aware of what it means, like the ism of this disease, um, and constantly, constantly um, clear my thinking, clear out the resentments and the fears so that I access a power 
Um, I had no idea that self-will wasn't going to work. I just tried harder. I had no idea that I could access a power um, that could do this stuff for me, that could have me live this life um, and have the neutrality, but also have like life, life, be out there, be of usefulness to people in and out of the rooms. Um, so I am so grateful that I have been educated and then as a result of that can experience the transformation because I realize what it means to be a real compulsive overeater. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And Shanna C., you're up, followed by Laurie W. Good morning. This is Shanna C., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. So good to be on the line this morning. Thanks to everyone who, who has been of service and those who are making this meeting possible. Um, this uh, What jumps out at me is the fact that he's remembering um, someone else, you know, uh, the call to the clergyman presently, but into a certain resident of the town. What what was happening is the man was, without saying so, living steps 10, 11, and 12. He sought out to help someone else. And it says in the first paragraph of working with others, nothing was so much in sheer immunity from from drinking, compulsive overeating, is intensive work with other compulsive overeaters. It works when other other activities fail. So other activities are going to fail. And the very thing that saved this man's life that enabled this program to come into fruition and help millions and millions and millions of people. He took one action, picking up a phone and tried to help someone else. And, you know, the cool thing is, is that gets to be duplicated every day for someone like me, you know, And absolutely, the, 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 this disease is alive and well in me. I'm never going to be cured. I'm always going to have this. And, you know, I'm like someone who's lost their legs. I'll never grow new ones. But, man, God, does God, has he not given me a wonderful prosthetics that without them, I wouldn't have a story to tell. This has given me purpose. You know, the dark, my dark past is becoming my greatest asset, becoming a gift. Um, but just like yesterday, just because, you know, just because a food thought comes or just because I'm feeling shaky or afraid doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. It doesn't mean that I'm not recovered. What is being, what is happening is I'm being given the opportunity to help someone else to get out of self. Otherwise I wouldn't do it. I would, you know, uh, you know, had went out to dinner yesterday with my, with my husband had every reason to be there, but I was equipped and able was able to pray, was able to 10-step, was able to reach out, and sure enough, I had people call me, wanting to connect and outreach right then in those moments. So this is the program of action that's really working, you know, in my life and reminding me that I'm not carried and that I get to live this way and I get to connect with God and people and not have to eat a day at a time and meal at a time. It's not about how much I know or about how strong I am. It's about reliance upon that power greater than me that gives my life purpose through these difficulties. Thanks. That's all I have. Thank you, Shanna C. And Laurie W., you're up, followed by Fran. Yes, good morning. Thank you. I am Laurie W. Uh, I'm in the hospitalization phase. I have chosen a sponsor. I'm grateful to have been making this meeting for the last three days and uh, 
the part of the paragraph that I highlighted was where it said, and then I personalized it because I really felt this, that I have a desperate desire to stop, but I saw no way out because I had earnestly tried many avenues of escape, painfully being aware of somehow being abnormal, and I put my name there, and I said, Lori did not fully realize what it meant to be a compulsive overeater because I don't know. This is all so new to me. I'm learning your language. I'm learning our language, the language. And um, I have an amazing sponsor. And I'm so grateful for this program. And uh, I'm grateful to God for allowing this to occur in my life at this time. And uh, thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Laurie W. And Fran, you're up. If you'll give me the first initial of your last name, followed by Lulu L. Hi, this is Fran V., uh, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Florida. And um, so grateful for this recovery and for the directions in this book. And this line where it says he did not fully realize what it meant to be an alcoholic. And, um, you know, the book describes different levels of um, drinkers. And in our case, compulsive eaters, we, I can relate that I am the chronic type. And, um, you know, the pay and ways and the self-help groups and the self-help books. Well, the list is endless. But, you know, Dr. Silkworth, medical saint was able to help a lot of alcoholics but there was one group that he could not help and that was the chronic and the only thing that worked for them was following the directions in this book taking the action and um that's me that's me nothing else works even if i managed to be free of compulsive eating i couldn't stay there and then some kind of miracle happens a transformation not only on the outside, but especially on, on the inside, where, um, you know, this, this selfish person starts becoming um, a little less selfish. And then the miracle just happens that you don't have to fight the food. We're safe and protected because there's a lot of promises in this book. And that's one of the promises, that we can go where things are served. Stay away if you want to where we don't have to white-knuckle it and live in fear um, because God is protecting us. And it's own, our, our own conception of a higher power it doesn't have to be our sponsors or our childhood um, higher power. It's a power that really works in all areas of our lives. And for that, I'm truly grateful. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Fran B. And Lulu L., you're up, followed by Dana P., Good morning, my fellows. This is Lulu L., gratefully and joyfully recovered today in Florida. 
you know, I have quite a bit of this paragraph highlighted. I am so grateful for those who shared before me because you pretty much told my story. And that's the beauty of the program is we tell each other's story. We relate in. That sentence, he had a desperate desire to stop but saw no way out. Oh, my goodness. It, it, as it has already been said, that I could put my name in there. Lulu had a desperate desire to stop, but she saw no way out, for she had earnestly tried many avenues of escape. Yeah, and I, I looked up the word earnestly. Of course, I already know what earnestly meant, but it just is so succinct with sincere and intense conviction. Yeah. I tried all the ways that many of us have tried, and nothing worked for me. I always went back to the food, and I could not find an escape. I could throw stuff out in the yard. Just throw it out in the yard. That didn't didn't slow me down at all. I just followed the throw of my arm and went out in the yard and picked up what I had thrown out in the yard or in the trash or all the ways that we acted insane. All the ways I acted just fully and deeply insane. And I was very clear from early on in my life that somehow I was abnormal. Somehow I did not fit in to what the average human being was like around food. I did not know what it meant to be alcoholic or a compulsive overeater. I didn't know it. I hadn't heard of it. But it was a happy, happy day for me when I did understand. Finally, it was like this huge sigh of relief. This is my problem. And then I was given the solution because I thought the food was the solution. And even today, I wake up right off the bat in the morning, and I ask God for inspiration. I ask God for guidance, a way to love other people, a way to stay humble. And I I pray, may the burden of self-direction be lifted because I will wake up and go, okay, what's on the menu for today? Well, no, that's not how it goes. I have to turn my will and my life over to the guidance and the care and the love of God. And this program pointed the way to that. This program made it understandable and doable. I am so grateful for Overeaters Anonymous in general, but specifically to these vision meetings. I feel such camaraderie. Thank you, thank you, and I will pass. Thank you, Lulu L. And Dana P., you're up, followed by Jessica. <clears throat> Good morning, Dana P. Um, thank you so much. I'm in California and, as has been said, gratefully recovered uh, today. Just today and just in this moment, really, uh, the paragraph this morning, it's just so amazing. And actually, all the paragraphs leading up to it, um, this meeting between the first two um, alcoholics that started the, this whole um, amazing, amazing opportunity that we have here. And I just want to look at one little part. And yeah, me too. It's all underlined. This whole section and the relationship with Dr. Bob. And I really appreciate that 
lead in. Um, so people that don't know, go back to that story and read Dr. Bob's story because it's amazing. And at the very end, he discusses what it, it really means. So I'm going to go to just that part, what it really means to be an alcoholic. And you can change that word however you choose. For me, the manifestation of my disease is um, actually quadrifold uh, in terms of the, f- the whole food thing. Um, so I won't go into that, but what it really means to be put whatever word you want in there. And I could talk about the allergy of the body and I could talk about the obsession of the mind, but really, 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 truly what it means for me is that I have a sickness of my soul. Um, my brother used to talk about spiritual debt and that our country is in a spiritual debt. And that's really what it is, you know, what it's about. And also really appreciate the share with the person who talked about people that they spoke to in so many different places, states, spoken to people all over the country um, to help and to be of service to the best of my ability um, all over the world. Um, So, you know, there clearly is a spiritual debt um, that there are people all over the world, including myself, that has a soul sickness And we have this amazing opportunity with this big book and these 12 steps, um, a solution to be able to um, recover um, through this process. And what does that mean? It means a connection with a higher power, a relationship with a higher power, something greater than myself. And as a result of that experience and continuing to practice diligently, not just on a daily basis when I get up in the morning and do my practice time, but every single moment of my day, turning back, okay, God, what would you have me be? What would you have me be, and how would you have me do that? In every situation, when I'm even the least bit stirred, um, whether it's positive or negative, you know, I need to really take a look at what's going on underneath the underneath as it is. And so what does it really mean? for me to be an alcoholic or put whatever word you want in there. Um, it means I have a responsibility and Dr. Bob, you know, go back to the end of the chapter where he talks about what that means. It means I have to carry this message. Thank you so much. And I was right there. Carry this message to other suffering alcoholics, compulsive overeaters, whatever that is. So thank you so much for, listening and i really appreciate the opportunity to share and i'll pass thank you dana p and jessica you're up if you'll give us the first initial of your last name yes hi my name is jessica s and i'm from the state of ohio um i'm so grateful for this i just want to um say that i'm just so grateful for the fellowship and um this paragraph is so timely um you know, because I'm basically um, coming back from relapse. I'm not recovered. I'm uh, basically on step one again. Um, And I have found out that, you know, it's really hard to do this by myself. The the past couple of weeks have been absolutely lonely and and hell, you know, I tried to, you know, do this on willpower. I tried to, um, you know, basically do a meal plan on my own without um, really reaching out to fellow, you know, I, I, I still, I, you know, I still went to meetings, but I was kind of like in the background. 
and it's just um, it's just a lonely place to be. Um, and you know, my my calls the last week has you know reached out to different people from different parts of the country as I um, was trying to find a sponsor to you know get me through the steps again. You know, I, you know, my ego is saying, you know, you don't need to, you don't need a sponsor. You've been through the steps. You kind of know it. I mean, you, you kind of know everything, but you know. But then I have that little voice in my head that says, oh, you know, you've been good, you know, for this amount of time, you know, or I had a stressful day. Um, I think I can relate to. Um, this passage that we're reading where it says, um, yeah, about the family, about the, you know, the troubles, you know, um, the, oh, yeah, the wife, the ill children, you know, all the different visitive, um, things in life that life happening. But, um, and it is painful, you know, and it is also painful to know that I'm, I'm I'm truly a um, compulsive overeater because you know I you know previously before my um, different relapses you know um, I was recovered for about a year and a half and I picked up and then I worked it up and then I was recovered briefly and then I just realized this last time you know the bendis got bigger and longer and more secretive. And I'm just really grateful for the people that who have um, uh, reached out back, reached out to me. And um, I don't know, it's just so, um, I don't know, it's just so humbling to say all this. And um, I, I just, everyone did pray for me, but um, it, it, it's just really hard. So anyway, I'm just going to pass with that. Thanks, moderator. Thank you, Jessica S. And we are on page 155 in the chapter of Vision for You. We have read the first paragraph, and we're commenting on um, that one paragraph. And who else would like to share? Heidi B., New York. Alex Heidi. B. Sorry, was that Alex? Alex, A-L-E-C, Alex B. Thank you, Alex B., okay. Vasa R, was I heard? Uh, yep, I got you, Vasa. Thank you. Now, thanks. Anybody else? Okay, I have Heidi B, Alec B, and Vasa O. Heidi B, you're up, followed by Alec B. Thank you. Heidi B. from New York, Recover for today. Um, I was, uh, I was desperate desire to stop the phone. Oh. Oh. No, go ahead. I uh, lost you for a second. Go ahead, Heidi. Okay. Can you hear me all right? Yes. Okay. Um, so I was just, I was looking at these last couple of sentences. He had a desperate desire to stop, but saw, saw no way out. He had earnestly tried many avenues of escape, painfully aware of being somehow abnormal. The man did not fully realize what it meant to be alcoholic. And, um, you know, of, of course, I, 
very much relate to he had earnestly tried many avenues of, of escape. I, I tried so many things and I knew that there was something wrong with my eating, but um, I didn't understand what it meant to be alcoholic. And so I appreciate where, you know, this is the culmination of the, um, you know, the three things that needed to happen in order for uh, the 12 steps and this program of recovery um, to to really be a solution for those of us that are um, of the type described in this book. And, you know, it was, it was these, the pieces of information that uh, each of these men had separately and, and Bill had learned that there was this physical allergy and, um, and Dr. Bob knew that, um, you know, that there was this, uh, program that he could follow, um, and he was following that. Um, but, you know, it, it needed to all come together. And it was, you know, the understanding what the problem was, understanding what the solution was, and then having an actionable plan to follow um, in order to get that relief and, and to be um, placed in a position of neutrality. And um, so I just, you know, I just had some uh, not some, I have much gratitude uh, this morning and just reading about how this all comes together. And, um, you know, and, and I'm just reminded uh, again of just how how long it took for me to really understand, um, you know, even when I learned about that I had this uh, allergy and this mental twist, it just, you know, I just couldn't believe it. I, I needed to concede to my innermost self. And the only thing that convinced me um, was the desperate, desperate place that I got to, um, that alcoholic despair, the nadir of alcoholic despair. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, that's all I've got for this morning. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Heidi B. And Alec B., you're up, followed by Vasa O. Alec B, press star one, we can't hear you. Hi, okay, this is Alec, can you hear me? We can hear you now, thanks. Oh, great. thank you. This is Alec B from St. Louis, uh, Missouri. Um, and I'm just so struck, again, by well, what was just said, you know, and, and by this, this passage and what we've been reading and, and how this program is rooted in in others in fellowship in community and i've been on this line now for over a year and had you know i'm in recovery and, and and in a very good place um and i've had ups and downs but at the beginning when i first started i mean all i wanted was to get reco- get absent and get recovery and get out of here and 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 that was sort of my mindset the first few months even my first sponsor just like to do this so i can get better so i can get out and stop having to do this um, and it didn't work, right? I, I wasn't giving myself to this program uh, fully because I wasn't willing um, to identify in not only not only with the problem but with the solution, and that solution being bringing the message to others and helping others and, and being of service. And so now, you know, I, I just see how, how just like this text, how for Bill the recovery was in going to Dr. Bob and in making the phone call and going to others and bringing the group. And then even after months and after years uh, of recovery, of absence of neutrality, it was the constant bringing it to others and accompanying others and walking with others 
that that continued the recovery. And so for me, that was just such a big change that it wasn't, uh, it isn't about looking at myself and about me, you know, uh, yeah, saving myself for myself, but rather letting myself be freed by God. So as to help God, to help others and to love others. And it's in that mutuality of helping others that I'm helped. And, you know, last night at an in-person meeting with somebody and sharing that this line and being with them and how just even that moment of, of her gratitude to hear about my journey through this line um, uh, was a way to serve her and, and to help the Lord, to give a, another resource to help in this, in this journey of recovery. Um, and I think this deeper, for me, the deeper movement is recognizing not only step one of, of my identity as a compulsive overeater, as a, as a restrictor as well, but also that, that being part of this program and serving others is part of my vocation, that it's part of just my, my calling that God has, has permitted me to experience this uh, disease so as to help others, so as to grow in community. And if I can keep that first, if I can remember my vocation includes the meetings, includes the phone calls, includes the, the, the reaching out, includes the, the, the prayer, includes all of it, so as to be of service to God and others. If I can keep that part of my vocation first, um, it'll keep me in recovery and in freedom and in joy. And, and it just kind of, you know, seeing myself slowly, slowly, slowly moving from a place of sort of being humbled and humiliated and frustrated where I was at the beginning to a place of, wow, there's even moments of gratitude to have this program be part of my life and giving me another way um, to grow in my, my vocation, to grow in my spiritual journey. And so uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Alec B. And Vasa O, please share with us. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Vasa, grateful. Recover compulsive overeater calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. Thank you for your service. And thank, thank you, everybody, for your service this morning. And, uh, yes, this is step one and step 12. I remember I, I had the gift of desperation, although when I came to the program, I came for the vanity, and I was going to leave the minute I was going to lose the weight, and I was only 41 years old, and a lot of women want to look good. They want to feel like they're attractive, and that was my motive. You know, I'm just going to go, and I'm going to lose the weight, and I'm going to leave, and then I learned, you know, I'm so much, I'm so grateful I stayed with the program, and I learned it was physical, emotional, spiritual, and at that time, I was more interested in the physical. And my sponsor said, trust me, if you don't work the rest of the steps, you're going to go back into the food. So I had the gift of desperation. I decided I better stay here because when I used to go on a diet, yeah, I would go on a diet for a while till I lost the weight and then I picked up and, you know, I gained the, the whatever I gained, I had lost plus more. I, I had, you know, gained weight. So I, I'm just so grateful that I, I, somebody gave me the big book. My sponsor, um, she was my Abby. She was the one that introduced me to the program. And I remember saying, I don't need this. I'm not an alcoholic. She said, cross alcohol and put food in there. And this is it. She said, I put the food down clean house, and pass it on to others. Step 12, I'm so grateful for the people that have passed on before me, you know, what would their experience, strength, and hope. And I became very attracted to the program. 
you know, and uh, I stayed. I've been there for 37 years just by the grace of God. I, I, rem- I When people say they had like one or two days of abstinence, I said, how are they doing this? And then a week, and then two or three weeks, and then a month, and year. I said, this is a miracle. How did they do it? Well, I took the directions that they are doing it, or they did it, and it works. It was all here, just follow the directions. And I just keep on doing it, keep coming, plug in Vasa, keep on doing it. I don't want to be a forgetter. I don't want to forget where I came from, and I don't want to ever, ever go back to the food. And I go through life and life's problems without running for the food for comfort, no matter what I go. Happy, sad, um, angry, whatever, whatever that I was eating over those things, I don't, I stay abstinent and go through life the way God, our higher power, gives it in front of me. I am so, so grateful. I love the vision for you, and I love taking one paragraph at a time because I'm not a person that absorbs everything reading two or three pages. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Vasa O. And we are on page 155, reading and commenting on the first paragraph that begins his call to the clergyman and ends what it meant to be alcoholic. And we've got lots of time. Who else would like to share? Ken W.H. Thank you, Ken. Rivka M. Rivka. Maria H. Sorry, I missed that. Say again. Maria H. Thank you, Maria. Anybody else? Anita J. Thanks, Anita. I think we probably should stop there. I have Ken W.H., Rivka M., Maria H., and Anita J. Ken W.H., you're up, followed by Rivka. Thank you so much. This is Ken W.H., Recovered Compulsive Eater in North Carolina. I uh, read this paragraph, uh, and I see that, or at least my understanding or sense, is that this is Dr. Bob's uh, chance to read the preface of the book, so to speak. It hadn't been written yet, but he's getting his preface here. Um, I spent many, many, many years in in recovery in another program and abstinence from a particular substance. Uh, substance. And for all of those years, um, I would go to meetings and we'd start in Chapter 5. Rarely have we seen a person fail. Um, It wasn't until about three years ago, after many decades of being in recovery, um, that this meeting led me back to the title page and the forwards and then finally the preface. A preface that I've never really spent any time with, a preface that contains the um, solution, if you will, that recognition of the allergy that I have and the compulsion that I have. Um, Dr. Bob uh, went to med school. He had to have learned about allergies in med school. If he didn't, well, (laughs) that's another story. But he knew what allergies were, but he didn't or was not able to accept the fact or realize the fact that he had one. And it wasn't until that was driven home to him as a doctor that he 
fully <laughs> realized that he finally started one step at a time to recover. Thanks for letting me share. Pass. Thank you, Ken WH. And Rifka M., you're up, followed by Maria H. Did I get that wrong? Rifka, press star one, we can't hear you. Hello? Oh, who's that? This is Rifka M. I'm sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, this is Rifka M., I'm a compulsive overeater from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and I just wanted to share real quick, um, I just really appreciated the um the saying he had earnestly tried many avenues of escape. Um, And the word escape um, just spoke to me real loudly and just such a strong reminder of that's exactly what I was always trying to do with the food. Um, I didn't even realize it. The truth is I was using the food even when I didn't need to escape or didn't want to escape, but, but I had been using the food to escape, to escape my problems, my feelings and, um, emotions and things going on. So I could just numb out and just not be part of it um, and kind of just breathe through life that way. Um, and I'm just so grateful today for this program because I don't need to escape it anymore. Um, I can live my life. I could be present and I could, you know, enjoy the happy times and I can feel the sad and difficult times too. And then I, I have I have a program and I have steps and I have, and I have um, a higher power that helps me get through all that and guides me and, and shows me what to do and gives me direction. And I'm just really, really grateful um, to be able to be present today and not have to escape. Um, so anyway, that's really all I've got. I just wanted to share that. Thanks for letting me share my past. Thanks. Thank you, Rivka M. And Maria H., you're up, followed by Anita J., Good morning. Thank you, Maria, recovered in Georgia. Um, I am really struck by um, the power of um, love, of God, of the divine intervention in this chap in this particular paragraph. Um, to me, it's um, these two men are, you know, at, at um, very humble places in their paths. You know, Bill is a tightrope of, you know, do I drink or do I go and, you know, do a 12-step call? And Dr. Bob is, you know, step one, admitting his powerlessness. And, you know, God is, or love is the thread um, um, in this beautiful tapestry of bringing together the the 12-step program. Um, And I'm just struck by how these two men, so seemingly different, come together and, you know, what is really the, the beginning of a program that has saved, as, you know, as other, as other people have mentioned, millions of lives and how, um, how pervasive that has been in my life, even though it has taken me a long time to really get to that willingness of, you know, I, I can't beat this. And, so, you know, I, like someone else was sharing earlier, I think about my path and, you know, how many years did I go to local meetings? And, you know, there was a lot of good that came out of that. And then still 
six or seven years of coming to a vision and different meetings and, you know, um, just now, you know, in the past year, have I really been able to get to that step one of where, you know, maybe Dr. Bob was that I have no control over any of, you know, anything to do with food and really anything in my life. And, you know, how many people were, you know, speaking the language of love to me and I just couldn't hear it. And, you know, I'm so thankful that there was a woman, I've never met her. Um, I think I have talked to her on the phone, but she talked about coming to this program for more than 30 years and she got recovered and hearing her story, just like I believe Dr. Bob heard Bill's story, um, something sparked in me that, you know, here was this person traveling a very similar path to me and she got got it. I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, something, you know, sparked in her that she could have recovery and that happened for me. And it wasn't immediate. You know, it took several months after hearing her special edition, but I did, you know, I did get that spark. And, you know, today my insurance, if you will, is to pass that message on to somebody else so that, you know, I don't have to get um, back into the food because let's face it. Okay. Thank you. And I'll pass. Thank you, Maria H. And Anita J., you've got two minutes. Please share with us. Okay. Uh, This is Anita J., um, gratefully recovered. Today I'm in Maine. Who would have thought? But anyway, you know, they say that insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. That should have been, I have no middle name. That should have been my long middle name. I came in in 1978, and it wasn't until I heard the message, uh, Envision for you. I know they say it's just another meeting. No, it isn't. Recovery everywhere, everywhere. I couldn't avoid it. I finally saw Anita doing the same thing over and over. That's never gotten you anywhere. Will never work. Oh, says I to myself. And that began my change. Yes, it took me a lot longer. And thank God Dr. Bob didn't take him that long. Those two, when it was their time, they got it. I think I think Bill had... Um, Two years from the time he realized he couldn't have one drink, that didn't mean he stopped. Took him two more years, but I'm grateful, so grateful he did, and um, and I'm grateful that I realized that alcoholism and compulsive overeating is the exact same thing. It's just that I don't like liquid. I want it frozen, or I want it, you know, baked. And um, anyway, thank you all. This uh, grateful I can dial in any old time and listen to these meetings and hear recovery. With that, I pass. Thank you, Anita J. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, September 20th, 2023. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 20,662. That's 20662.
We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Reva P., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes. Hi, this is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.